Welcome to Farms Not Farms podcast, episode 10. We're here with a very interesting man. He's an international role model. His name is Tony Budden from Cape Town, South Africa. Hey, Tony, how you doing? I'm doing really good. It's uh, just just past 7 a.m. in the morning, and I'm grateful for you to, that you waited up for me, <laughs> and very happy to be speaking to you. Yeah, man, love-wise, it's always a pleasure. So, yeah, good to have you along for my... My morning missions of uh, feeding the animals and uh, making the coffee, and yeah, that's the beauty of, of modern modern life that you can still maintain a connection with people halfway across the planet. Mm, yeah, it's a beautiful thing, and obviously, you know, for someone here in America to wonder what someone in Africa does in the morning, they have it. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much the same as you probably do it there. Um, yeah, especially Cape, Cape Town. Cape Town's a modern, modern city. You know, if you came here, you would definitely not experience, you know, true Africa. It's a very vibrant, cosmopolitan city. You know, we have all the, the normal running water and electricity and good roads and everything. But uh, you know, we we sit here at the bottom of Africa. Kind of, if you have to look, there's a mountain that our city is built around um, that's shaped almost like a, a cup, like a crucible. It's called Table Mountain, but the front of it is shaped curved, and it's almost as if it catches the whole energy of, of Africa. And the city is also surrounded by around, I would say, 270 degrees of water. You know, we are on a peninsula, so there's mm. very, uh, it's very influenced by, by water energy. And, yeah, it's... Uh, it's a good place to visit, a good place to live. Nice. Yeah, you do a lot of surfing down there, yeah? Yeah, plenty of surfing, plenty of nature. It's a, a lifestyle city. It's hard to do business here um, yeah, because everything's a little bit slowed up and most people are here to have a good time. But uh, it's uh, as far as finding a balanced lifestyle where you can you know, engage in the city busyness when you need to and get out into the mountains or into the oceans. Um, it's all accessible within uh, minutes of the city center, so it's a beautiful thing. You know, it's a beautiful thing that we met. You know, we're from different parts of the world, yet we met because of this beautiful plant. We get to talk about it. We get to share information in order to apply it in our reality to help our communities, and this is the bigger picture of cannabis than a lot of people really get to experience because, you know, while those of us who get to smoke a joint or a pipe experience the beauty of the plant in that way, there's those of us who are communing with this plant in such a way to literally help people, to help uh, animals even. And I know that that's something that drew me to you in terms of, you know, ways that you're working with the plant to incorporate into our community and environment that better our planet, that that make building materials more sustainable, that make houses healthier and safer, that make people ultimately healthier and safer. And, you know, I, I, I'm really uh, pleased to have you back on the show. And, I, you know, I know we did that Farms Not Farms video a while back when you were here in the States, though. You know, cruising through the streets of Denver late at night. Yeah. (laughs) You know, when people think about cannabis around the world, generally you think of Amsterdam. You know, obviously you said you were just in Spain for Spanibus. And there are certain places in the world that you can enjoy the, the, the fruits of cannabis. And most places you cannot legally do that. And international cannabis to me is an interesting subject because I really want to open the window to listeners to, to get a glimpse into the kind of life that you're experiencing, applying what you love about the, 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 this plant, the many things you love about this plant and how you're incorporating it into, you know, everyday life. Okay. Well, um, the easiest way to, I suppose, uh, do that right now is just to explain where I'm sitting. Um, I am still sitting on my bed, 
but my bed has uh, hemp duvet uh, linen on it and my carpet is a hemp carpet and my curtains that I opened a little while ago are hemp curtains and when I get up to go shower I will shower with hemp soap and shampoo and <laughs> yeah, use hemp lotion and the walls of my house are made with hempcrete and the insulation in my roof and floor is made with hemp fiber um, the, my cupboard doors are made with hemp fiber board or chipboard and yeah, when I go downstairs and have some breakfast, uh, there'll be some hemp seeds in my <laughs> in my cereal. <laughs> and yeah, then I go to work at a at a cannabis company. Um, yeah, I'm working with quite a few at the moment. My own company, Hemporium, we've been running since 1996, and that provides everything from clothing to textiles to cosmetics. Uh, some CBD products, there's uh, building materials, paper, whatever we can. We try to make this life available to as many people as possible and make sure that you know I'm not the, the alternative, the only one you know, living in a hemp house kind of thing. So my mission has always been to to mainstream this, you know, to get this into as many hands and bodies as possible to, to bring the plant, you know, um, out of out of the shadows and the various vehicles that I've chosen to do that, and sometimes you know it's it's not always the cool factor that goes along with that. It's not always you know the renegade cult counterculture that a lot of people get stuck in. That you have to you have to say have dreadlocks or you you have to wear a certain style of clothing. You have to wear tie dye or you have to wear yeah, you know, like be more hippie to enjoy this plant. My mission is different. It's to try and get those people who would never look at that because they don't necessarily agree with that lifestyle, would never touch the plant because it's associated with that, is how do we present it to them in a way that you know, is not necessarily different to other products. It's it, the way it's presented and packaged, but by them being able to choose it and integrate it into their lives – they will have an impact not only on themselves, a positive impact on their health and their well-being, but then on our planet as well by replacing those products that they would have chosen. So you know, sometimes I present things in a way or I, I, I choose a way of communicating or present myself in a way that is maybe seen as, as more mainstream or alternative but that is my mission and it always has been because i see uh, as long as we sit in this little niche um you know of the counterculture which is cool i love the counterculture and i you know most of my friendships ex exist there most of my good times exist there but i see for real change we've got to step out of that you know to to have that the impact that this plant can have we have to be able to communicate it in a way that is you know, in the, the modern language, or I suppose, of, of modern culture, and that is good quality, good service. Yeah, unfortunately, uh, yes, standardization. People want to know what they're getting. Um, responsibility, social responsibility, fair price. And, and that is often what goes along with that is, is you know, business skills and, um, you know, normal hard work. Which also, uh, uh, it's it's taken a long a long time to to get that through to myself. Even you know that that this is the way that the plant is call, call, uh, calling me, and the doors that the plant has opened for me to step through has been more in in that vein. It is a path that requires constant self reflection because in that system, you know, in the business system and the kind of more corporate system and the it's uh, we know that the system is designed to corrupt. You know, the, the month when it becomes more around money and profits and all of that. It's, it's uh, our system isn't perfect by a long long run. You know, the capitalist system is not perfect, but it definitely has its purposes. And you know, for all all of its ill, all of its uh, its ills, we have to accept that on the majority, most people. In, on the planet are 
better off than they were a hundred years ago in some ways. Besides for the one thing that I really, you know, that is the tragedy is that most people have forgotten how to grow their own food or be self-sufficient. You know, they rely on the system now. But, you know, the, if we look at infant mortality, you know, that's way down. We look at lifespan, that's way up. We look at, you know, the average wage of people. We look at the amount of wars on the planet. There are many things that, that the capitalist system has managed to to improve, many ways that it's managed to improve our lives, but there are also many ways that it's continued to engender for lack of a better word, slavery system. You know, some people just have to go to work each day, every day, in order to keep the system going for very little pay. So I think that cannabis can fit into that system and can help improve it, but it's um, it's how we, we slot you know, this beautiful, alive, dynamic, adaptable plant into that system and how we use it from the inside to improve that system. What is an improvement from capitalism? So having been to Europe, and yes, it's also socialism is not a, 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 you know, the the ultimate system either, but I I believe that somewhere between um, capitalism and socialism. So there's a movement called conscious capitalism, um, which is bringing in you know, more of uh, not only the triple, triple bottom line philosophy, which is you know, your normal bottom line is just profit. Um, triple bottom line philosophy is people, planet, and profit. That every business decision you make, you you think about your your people that are your business is impacting, whether it's your staff or your customers or the people who are who, uh, your society around your business. Also, the planet. What is the impact in your production? What is the impact in, of the waste created? What is the impact of your product once it goes out of out there into into society? And then the bottom line is not only your own profit, but you know, are you providing a, a better um, your know, life for your your workers? Uh, are your customers getting good value? So it's a more conscious capitalism not just going okay what's the biggest amount of the you know, value i can earn for my shareholders that they will keep their money with me and i think that's that's where things get corrupted quite often is when you have people investing in in shares in a company who don't really care how that company makes money they just want it to make money yeah and that's that's the problem is you know with the, the corporation system as it is at the moment is the system is, I will give you my money as long as you're going to make the best return. If you're not making the best return, I will take my money and I'll give it to someone else. And that, unfortunately, puts the pressure on that corporation or that business to make money above all else, yeah. uh, above respecting the its workforce, above respecting the planet, all of that. So that's the part that needs to change. And I think there's one way that that would change is that shareholders are held responsible for the practices of the company. Wow. That if that company gets caught polluting a river, it's not only you know, the company that needs to pay it and the shareholders get to take their money out quickly and walk away, that they must be personally liable for, in some way, you know, for the acts of the business that they are enabling. That's just that one little, you know, like shareholder responsibility clause. Um, when people know, okay, I must only put my money into a business yeah, that has responsible practices, will change everything. Because mm. at the moment, the shareholders aren't held responsible. You know, the directors are, and you know, the owners are, you know, the, of the company or the you know, CEO, and everything are held responsible. But there needs to be more of a responsibility of the people who are actually funding this because, in essence, if you know that a company has bad practices and you are giving them money, you are aiding and abetting. Yeah, mm. you, yeah, obviously, companies also hide, hide practices from their shareholders. There's no doubt about that. But um, that transparency needs to change. Yeah. So socialism... Yeah, you know, one uh, I remember reading a awesome article, and when I go visit my friends in Sweden and and Netherlands and everything, where their tax rates are like fifty odd percent, you know, like half their money goes to the government, but all the education is free. 
all their healthcare is free. You know, the kids get, you get money in your accounts in some of those countries when it's school holidays to take your kids on holiday. You get money into your account when school starts again to buy books for your for your kids. The roads are good. The public transport is good. You know, that, that system, I wouldn't mind paying 50-odd percent of my money if I knew all of that was sorted, if that socialism system run, ran really well. But, um, you know, unfortunately, there's also corruption in those governments, and sometimes your, your money doesn't make it to where it's intended. But that... I think it seems to be more people centered. Yeah, you know, obviously it's socialism. It's more people centered than just straight you know, the survival of the fittest capitalist uh, model. Yeah, so somewhere in, in between those two, and I, I, I like the con- uh, concept of con- conscious capitalism because I do see you know, to do things properly, you need money. You need deep pockets, and I, I'm busy in, in Lesotho, which is a small country here. I'm working with uh, one of the medical cannabis licenses there, helping them get established and you know, set up. Um, and you know, just even to get into the proper medical side, I'm not speaking, you know, like craft is one thing, but if you want to get into the, the products that go through the whole system of being approved and getting clinical trials and um, you know, ending up on the shelves of, of you know, uh, pharmacies or you're into that mainstream medicine system your pockets need to be so deep you know the quality of of people that you need to do quality control you're responsible for pharmacists all of those kind of things and that unfortunately does (laughs) does take capital Uh, i've seen too many times in this industry good people lose their businesses by not understanding that concept of just how long it takes to actually get to the point where you are cash flow positive if you if you grow too fast in the beginning um you know that's that's been my biggest uh, learning in the last few years is to understand as everyone gets excited as these markets open understand the the value of of opex of your operational expenditure your operational budget because what happens to people like you and me if we had to suddenly get an investor who goes to us, okay, I'm going to invest in you, go build your facility, um, you've got a great idea, you've got a great, great brand, I'm going to help you grow. We go, that's fantastic. Okay, give us $10 million, that's what I need. And then we go build the best facility we can. You know, that's a uh, you know, nice state-of-the-art greenhouse or you know, like beautiful labs, extraction facility, and then... We don't realize that to run that thing for two years costs money, yeah. And that's gonna you know, the people that you need to make sure that everything's done, yeah, you know, properly at that level. They don't come cheap because they're you know they're at the top of their game. And generally, what happens two years down the line? You've got to go back to that investor and say, "I need more money," and that's when most guys will lose their businesses. Yeah, because the investor will go, but oh, but you told me in two years you would be already be paying me back. Now you need more money. You obviously don't know what you're doing, or you don't know how to control this. I'm taking control of the business. So yeah, that's that's one thing that I'm really you know, putting on. I've take, I've joined. Well, I was the chairman for the Western Cape, which is our province here. Recently, just handed it over, but of the Cannabis Development Council or Cannabis Industry Development Council, where we hope to help upskill. You know, some of the smaller guys to play a role once when the industry opens in in the business because currently a lot of guys think they're going to be king of this industry because they know how to grow grow good bud. Yeah, you know, they think yeah I've been growing bud for you know 15 years and I deserve to be you know the part of this industry and I'm going to be you know, kingpin. And it's like, no, if you don't understand you know, the business side of it, if you don't understand all of the things that once it goes into a normal industry, all those things like human resources and taxation and you know, quality control and customer service and distribution and all of that, you, you've got a job at most. You, know, you may be the best grower out there, but that's not enough unless you team up with someone who really understands business. Yeah, And that's yeah, that's an important lesson. You know, it's also, you know, it's just witnessing some of the self-righteousness within the cannabis scene, you know, that, that people think, you know, well, I chose to be illegal for all those years and I chose to learn how to grow and, you know, I know everything. It's like, unfortunately, you know everything about one part. 
uh, of the industry and it's an important part because those who know how to grow and know how to look after the plant obviously it's the key part but in essence when it becomes an industry and a, a business if you want to be involved in that i'm not saying everyone wants to be involved in that system but a lot of people have you know they, they have aspirations to to be in that they have to understand that the skills to run a good business are not learned in a grow room or garden yeah that's it's other skills that you either need to learn about or bring in a good partner and find that right partner that you can trust who will be able to manage that part of you while you 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 know carry on doing what you know which is the the amazing skill of being able to nurture and look after and you know, get the best out of out of the plant some 420 business tactics from uh <laughs> from tony budden I mean, the more i'm seeing it is that, that it's important that that yeah, like a business is, yeah, it's kind of a uni- universal skills, and we're trying to do things a little bit differently. But yeah, it's uh, they're important. It's important knowledge to have if you want to be part of of the industry. If you want to make this your career, if you want to make yourself sustainable, because that's the other thing. You know, like being in a hemp company for 20, over twenty years, you know, we preach sustainability all the time. But if we're not sustainable as a business, what are we preaching? Yeah. You know, so, you know, if we can't look after ourselves, if we can't make sure that, that we have the the resources to continue spreading our message, it's going to put pressure on ourselves. So that that sustainability includes the knowledge of the system, uh, you know, enough to make sure that it works for you and you can work in it. And you know, I may be naive or idealistic, and I. But I do believe that the best way to change the system is from within. Um, you know, so I want to see a seat at the at the table when you know the big business comes. I uh, want to be able to guide how big business operates in Africa because you know they they are here. They we have obviously a lot of resources on this continent. We have a huge ability to be able to provide a lot of cannabis for the world. We've got great climate. We've got lots of land. We've got you know. A lot of people understand how to grow the plant on mass levels, and they've been doing it for generations uh, in, in the rural areas. And also, you know, our, our costs of production here are a lot lower than anywhere else in the world. So, how do we make sure that it it is done sustainably? And I don't think uh, keeping up big business is is really going to be possible. And I don't think it's also a, a good strategy because. One of the things I'm, I'm again trying to understand is, is, is all big business bad business? You know, that's that's what I'm hoping to see change in the next few years, is how these big businesses become more socially responsible, become more environmentally responsible, and you know that that also is a two-way street because that's got to come from us as as customers and consumers and go like no, okay we, we're not going to support you because of your practices you've got to change otherwise yeah, i'm not going to buy those products and you know at the same time as people within those businesses becoming more conscious becoming more you know self-aware and going okay i don't want to be part of a business that isn't hasn't got these practices in place and that uh, we're seeing we're seeing that the birth of that consciousness it's it's changing rapidly how few, how much fewer people are, are um, get their rewards or their satisfaction from just a salary, but knowing that they're working for a, a, an evil corporation. And people want to know that they're doing good. People want to know they're making good products. People want to know they're being of service. Um, even within this, in the system, you know, we see. Um, I'm quite close to it. My brother runs a company that teaches corporates how to <laughs> do everything from meditation to going out into nature and doing uh, vision quests, um, how to build teams, how to, you know, like these days, one of the biggest challenges for the big businesses is, is holding on to people because of our, our yeah, everyone changes careers every few years. And how do these guys who spend a fortune training people and, and getting them skilled up and then they leave. So 
you know, how do they in, engender a culture that's strong enough to make sure that people want to want to stay with them and that often that is way more than just a, a salary it's it's um, so interesting times it's uh, uh it's 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 challenging um it's also as as you will know challenging taking you know some the plants that you know up to 10 15 years ago the majority of it was you know about a flower and now f- trying to you know through extractions and standardization and put it fit it into what most people expect medicine to be you know like every time the same standardized you know like i know exactly what i'm taking quality control all of that and from our understanding as people who work with the plants to try and and marry those two worlds it's not always easy you know with uh, especially uh, with the knowledge that that one of the beauties of the plant is its diversity is its variety of effects and its variety of you know everything from terpenes to cannabinoid profiles and everything and and how our bodies react to the differences in a special wave versus acting to you know reacting to it being presented in the same way every time i think that the education about our endocannabinoid system is absolutely imperative for you know citizens of all nations especially law enforcement so that people stop being treated like criminals for supplementing our body with essential nutrients and uh you know of course uh obstructing safe access to a potential life-saving medicine to keep someone or stop someone from suffering and uh it's beautiful that there's, you know, people like you who use this plant in ways you, and you know, you said you listed off a hand, couple of handful of ways that you use the cannabis plant before you even leave the house in the morning, you know. <laughs> and uh, I didn't mention that when when I do go surfing, my boards are used are made out of hemp canvas as well. Amazing. Fibergrass, not fiberglass. <laughs> Fibergrass. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds delicious. <laughs> yeah. Um, Hopefully not to the sharks. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. You know, um, yeah, man, you're just uh, a role model, you know, and uh, I think obviously with mindfulness and with cannabis, you know, there's... Uh, harmony within you and you know those who work with you I know and you know you travel the world and and speak I know you you're just doing something in, in another country all the time you care to talk any a little bit about the international cannabis community as you know it what's what's going on out there okay so yeah obviously just coming back from Spanibus uh, that was pretty eye-opening I think it's I'm not sure if it's bigger than Vegas, but it's pretty close up there. I think it's definitely the biggest expo in Europe. Um, yeah, so Spain has, has also opened up. They've got these uh, cannabis social clubs, which are a super interesting model. Um, basically, you join the club. Uh, it's mostly open. It's very hard to get in as a tourist. It's mostly open only to, to residents. And once you're in the club, you get your, your card, you load money onto your card, you, that's in exchange for like tokens on the card. And once inside the club, you can use that to exchange for your bud or your extracts or um, food and, and drinks. And then it's yeah, a social environment in there to go and enjoy safely off the streets. And it's tolerated by, um, by the police it takes a lot of people off the streets it provides a safe space to to enjoy the plant um and yeah that was quite an interesting space to observe uh, the expo itself was massive lots of people um loads of different products obviously everything from seeds to lights to um nutrients you know the usual cannabis expo but just you know a lot of energy and a lot of of interest it seems the last few years, this industry has really just you know, broken up, open and uh, come out of the green closet. Um, yeah, sometimes it's good to separate business from pleasure. 
um, you know, to, it was uh, supposed to be a business expo, but there was quite a lot of pleasure going on there as well, <laughs> uh, which is yeah, it's good to see, but uh, sometimes not always the most productive space. Um, and then also, you know, like the reality for me is sometimes to see that when it gets, you know, especially the, the kind of recreational side, it can be over-marketed. It can be pushed to a point where you're like, there, there may be some harms. You know, much like you know, too much marketing of alcohol or anything you know, else where yeah. you, know, you know, remember even tobacco you know, marketed as kind of a, a lifestyle. Let's go with, uh, out on the yacht and enjoy, you know, enjoy the you know, cigarettes with your lifestyle. And... Yeah, just the concept of all day, every day being high. It's not for everyone. Uh, it's there are definitely people who can enjoy it and can thrive on it. But I do see that there are some. Yeah, there can be times when it is used as another crutch or another excuse not to get out there and get on with your life. And um, you know that we we need to be aware that it's not all good when it hits the mainstream as well. When it's you know, companies start really pushing it as a you know, a healthy product for everyone all the time instead of a you know, a healing product for when people need it and it, uh, you know, a, a, a recreational product uh, when you've finished with your work or when you're, you're, you're done with your day, a way of relaxing and, and decompressing because there are, there are, we have to admit, there are a lot of jobs that you shouldn't be high in. You know, there are a lot of, it's a lot of <laughs> times that you know, you're either responsible for other people's lives or you're you know, uh, operating heavy machinery and we sure. just have to be aware that you know, it's it's the, I think I think they put to me for me was uh, the last time I visited Denver and I saw yeah you know, like a uh, big billboard there was you know, like health retreat written in smoke yeah you know, smoke letters you know, presented by Snoop Dogg <laughs> I love Snoop Dogg. Yeah, <laughs> I love him. Uh, yeah, but that to me was yeah, like it's pushing it just a little bit. Yeah, like yeah, like there, there are health retreats that we can have around this plant, but it's not just going to smoke as much as you can. Yeah, it's it's there's uh, the ways of presenting it in in a, a healthy manner, and I, I don't think you're yeah, hitting hundred dabs a day. Is is that way? So there, there's we will find a balance, and it's early on, and kind of everyone's so super excited about coming out, you know, being able to do this openly and freely and speak like this, you know, uh, without having to hide. But you know, we need to to find find a balance in the way we communicate and present ourselves, um, you know, because in my mind it is all around balance, and that's another thing that. Personally, that I've I've really uh, um, fallen in love with is you know finding the balance with with CBD and THE. Yeah, for so long CBD was kept from us. Yeah, it was you guys were growing only for potency, um, on the, especially in the recreational space, and you're trying to pump up the THE and breed out the CBD because you know, counteracted the high. And now that we're seeing a lot more CBD coming back in and one-to-one ratios and you know, just that experience of, of smoking a plant that's got balanced, not something that's uh, you know, just as strong as it, it can be because that was the aim for me is uh, opening up a whole, whole other sense of enjoyment uh, of the plant when it's in balance like that. And I'm seeing other people that I'm introducing them to um, especially women, you know, there are not that many women who who seem to, you know, there they are, but the majority don't seem to enjoy this, this super high yang, high THC. You know, I think I think girls generally, again, I'm generalizing here, yeah, but have a lot going on in their mind already, and the THC seems to just activate all of those thought processes too much. Bring in some CBD, bring in a little bit of the yin, bring in the balance, and it's a different experience. Um, so that's quite an exciting um, part of the, the industry at the moment is post-prohibition, the move towards balance and, you know, like the terpenes, that whole science around that. And you're not just 
how strong I can make it. That's to me is also super exciting. You know, like just uh, it's it is all around balance. We know this, and you know the analogy I use with the super high THE is you know, not every time you go to a bar do you order a tequila. Uh, sometime you want a little craft beer or you know, a glass of wine. And for a long time, especially in the in the black market, it was all around how strong it is. Yeah. And I think that is going to change. It's going to go back to like, how does it make me feel? Can I still you know, carry on with my day? Do I feel calm? Do I feel centered? Do I feel present? Do I feel more at ease? Not, you know, holy shit, I'm just trying to keep my shit together because <laughs> that thing was so powerful. I can't actually speak to anyone. <laughs> yeah, because... Because the plant does have ability to help us open our hearts and uh, you know be more more at ease and present, but you know with the extreme it can also take us completely out of our body and out of our presence as well. So yeah, it's 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 such a fascinating plant and it's taught me so much. It's I'm gonna tell you a little story. Can I tell you a little story? Tell us the story. And I know, I know your, your question was more on the international scene. I mean, we can get back there. There's so much happening in, in you know, Africa, in South Africa, in England. Um, we're seeing you know, things opening up. But I just want to, I think it's... It's time for a story. Relationship, I'm going to share something with you that, that I went through a, a while back that really meant something to me. And I, I don't know, I may have shared it with you when I was in Colorado. But did I tell you about my... Uh, meditation that I had with the plant um, about a year or two ago where uh, when everything was just exploding and I was getting harassed by a lot of people wanting to get into the business who I knew didn't have the right intentions did I tell you about that last time you know it sounds vaguely familiar I think maybe I was talking to you about DMT and then you told me about this Okay, well, I'll tell you again because I know Please. there's some more people listening now. But yeah. basically what happened here in South Africa is we had a, a constitutional court challenge where we applied to have the laws against cannabis declared unconstitutional on various levels. And in the high court, the judge chose the right to privacy as the first place that he found that our laws break are, are not in alignment with our constitution that we should be able to choose things in our private space that you know, may not be fit for outside, but it's our private space and it's our bodies. And you know, you know, he, he made some analogies to you know, watching porn or to you know, drinking. You know, there are a lot of things that people do at home. That's their business. And he... It went to the Constitutional Court, and the court, the, it was a unanimous decision by you know, the judges to say, yeah, this is right. As an adult, you should have the right to grow and use this plant at home or in a private space. And obviously that got a lot of press, and all of a sudden everything went nuts in my world. Every second person I wanted to get into the industry. Uh, my phone was ringing off the hook, my Landline, my mobile emails were flooding in, everyone going, hey, Tony, how do I get in here? Tony, can I take you for a cup of coffee? I just want to pick your brain on, you know, like what's going on. And hey, Tony, where do I get seeds? And hey, Tony, you're like, is it legal now? How, ma how many plants? You're like, it just went nuts in my world. Uh, I had to like, literally, after about a month of this, <clears throat> unplug, go up the West Coast here, which is like semi-desert uh, place. There's no... Uh, no cell, no, no phone reception, anything, just get away with, from it. And then at the same time, there was this uh, lady called Grandmother Robin, who's, uh, she is a North American uh, uh, Indian elder who comes and does uh, ceremonies and, and vision quests down here once a year. So I made an appointment just to go see her and, um, you know, gave her the story. She asked me why I was there. And, you know, like I said, you know, like a couple of things I need to know, I want to know is like, how do I learn to trust people in this? How do I know that their intentions are right when they're coming to me? Because you know, a lot of people are just looking at it now. How do I make so much money off this plant? You know, they're not coming with the belief in the plant yeah. at all. Um, and she said, okay. And I said, how do I know that I'm going to be looked after? You know, I've done 20 years of advocacy. I've sacrificed my own 
time and energy and the ability to become an expert in any one thing in order to open the doors for others. You know, like if I'd spent 20 years learning just how to grow or just how to make extracts or just how to even build, I would be much more of a specialist in, in one thing, but I've spent the last you know, majority of my adult life rather trying to open, open the doors, doing presentations, talks, meetings, lobbying, government meetings, uh, interviews, all of that. So you know, I, I haven't been able to dedicate to, to learning one, one craft or one skill besides for the, the, the craft of, of convincing people of the value of this plant, which I know has been important, but it becomes less important as the industry opens up. And, and yeah, how do I know that I'm going to get my rewards? And she said, well, there's only one way we can find out. You know, there's only one person we can ask. It's like, who? She said, well, obviously, you know, the plant. You've got to ask the plant. I was like, okay, that kind of makes sense. Let's, how do we do that? She said, okay, well, let's do a meditation. And we did a guided meditation. You know, she played the drum and you know, did the rhythms and talked me into a, a deep meditative space. And she said, okay, what, what name do you want to give her? I said, well, I'll call her Sativa. And she said, okay, invite Sativa in. So I invited Sativa in and I felt you know, a shift in energy in the room. And... She said, do you feel her? Is she here? And I said, yes, I feel her. She said, okay, ask her your questions. So I said, okay, Sativa, tell me, how do I know how to trust these people who are approaching me now that their intentions are good? And the answer I got was, well, if they believe in me, if they see that I am a better way of doing things or an improvement or a positive aspect, that's enough. That's all you really need to know. Because money, you don't have to worry about money. It's a reward. It is something that will come. Do not you know, become you know, the martyr of thinking I have to be poor to, to do good. So, so I was like, okay, that's quite interesting. You're like that. Uh, she's saying, okay, it's just, you know, you can come and want to make money off, off this industry, but you've got to do it with the intention that you're offering something that is better and improvement and actually believe in, in the plant, first of all. If you're just coming around money, then that's obviously the wrong way to, to start the conversation. I said, okay, that's that's easy enough for me to judge. And I said, well, you know, like, how do I keep present? He said, well, come speak to me. You know, you, I'm here. You, you've, you've spoken to me your whole life. You know, just come speak to me when you need me. And one interesting thing she said is, if you really want to speak to me, come without tobacco. You know, without, and she didn't say that without with judgment towards tobacco. She said tobacco, uh, you know, like it's a sacred plant as well. But if you really want to speak to me, come and let's just you and me have a conversation. Because with tobacco, there are three of us, and it's uh, it's another conversation. It's yeah, you know, it's 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 a room of of energies, and you and I can speak straight. I was like, okay, that's fair enough. And I said, how, how do I know I'm going to be looked after? You know, how do I know that you know, like I'm, I'm going to get the rewards as well? And she said, well, you've got to remember that you are my servant. And I look after my servants. I said, what do you mean I'm your servant? You know, I use you. you know, I use you for my clothing and whatever, my food. She said, no, you're serving me. If you do your work well, I get to be in places I haven't been able to be for generations. I get to be in bodies that I'm not allowed to be in currently. I get to you know, grow in you know, countries or regions that currently I'm, I'm eradicated out of. And you are serving me. I was like, okay, that's quite something. Yeah, that's a different way of, of looking at this, that, that my life is in service to the plant, not... Mm you know, the other way around, that I am, um, you know, that the plant serves me. I was like, okay. And I said, yeah, and, and how do I know I get looked after? She said, Tony, I've built you your, your house. I've given you your clothing. I've given you good food and you know, medicine when you need it. I've given you your job. I've given you the majority of your travel, the majority of your friendships. What makes you think I'm going to stop now? Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, you're right. Yeah, get out of your fear space. Yeah, thank you very much. And yeah, that just changed everything for me. And I need to 
no matter where I go, you know, if I go into, you know, the deepest corporate business, if I go into, you know, the deepest rural area where people are just trying to, you know, sub- subsist off this plant, if I go into a pharmacy or if I go into a government hall, I've got to remember that I am in service of this of the plant and that I must be doing what is best for the plant's mission, which is to spread, you know, which is to get into more people's bodies and is to get into more regions, is to provide us with more resources. And she is spread through us. You know, the, the seeds of cannabis were carried around the world, not by birds or you know, wind or anything else, but by humans. And she's a, a partner plant for us um, and has been for, for as long as you know, we can remember. And to carry her into those spaces again to allow her to be to be free is yeah that's our mission and sometimes the that mission needs to go with vehicles and on vehicles that are big and dangerous like getting on a ship and going across the ocean in the old days you know or getting in a big business and going through the 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 challenges of of you know like a capitalist system and all of that but they're vehicles to get us to the ultimate place where you know like a lot of people are receiving the benefits of a plant that will bring more you know, um, balance into their lives, more homeostasis, more ability to to lead a, a healthier, more sustainable lifestyle. Um, we're not always going to get it right. We don't know exactly what we're doing. You know, we, a lot of us, you know, we're making it up as we go along because we've never been in this situation before. So we have to be gentle with each other as well. We have to you know, not have judgment with people who may have chosen a slightly different path. But we have to remain steadfast in our conviction and, and in our missions. So that's also the lesson that the one of the biggest lessons that this plant has, to, cho- has taught me is, is adaptability. You know, that this plant is so adaptable. You'll find it everywhere from Norway to New Zealand and everywhere in between. And that's what we have to remain if, we, if we're going to survive as well, is to remain adaptable, to, to be able to thrive in as many environments as we can. Um, yeah, and to use the sun. And stay, stay in the heart as much as possible, which is the biggest challenge in our modern world. You know, there's, there's so much headspace going on. Um, I told you before before we, we started that uh, I watched a beautiful movie that I'd highly recommend everyone watch called Down to Earth. Uh, a family that follows, they go on a year mission um, to find the earth keepers, you know, from North American Indians down to the... Amazonian rainforest to the Aboriginals in Australia to the the sand the Bushmen in the Kalahari Desert here in Africa to the Maasai elders in Kenya and and they speak to them about what their messages are and 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 what how they they hold their space and look after the planet and the one key that thread that went through all of their messages which was quite amazing was you know speak come from the heart open your heart be you know, that's your heart center is where we need to communicate from, where we need to to um, you know be as much as possible if we're going to to thrive and and you know survive on this planet. I don't know. That's that's all I've got to say about that. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, when's the next time you you coming back around to the states? Any plans? Um, I'm going up to Canada now in planting season at the end of May, beginning of June to go see how they're planting, you know, large-scale hemp up there. Um, I'll see if I can maybe have a little side trip down to, to Colorado to, to add on, but I might also be heading down to Col- Columbia to see some operations there. Everything, you know, is, this is opening up around the world, so everyone's going to have slightly different practices the way they're going to plant on the equator and the varieties they need to choose 
to grow in in the equator. You know, it's 12, 12 around around all year round. You know, with the light light cycle there, so they're going to have to develop different uh, strategies for for growing and different varieties. So I'm going to see. Hopefully, definitely next year for Noco. I, pro- I promised uh, Morris Spiegel that uh, I didn't come this year because I chose to go to Spanibus. Uh, I was in Noco last year. I need to temper my my travel with the work that's needed to be done here in Africa. Absolutely. Uh, th- things are are just opening up Zimbabwe. Has started giving medical licenses now, and are looking at hemp licenses. Malawi is allowed about to give some hemp licenses and and some medical as well. I hear Congo DRC is opening up. Um, you know Lesotho, where I'm working already, and then you know South Africa, of course. So I need to make sure that you know, I also remain grounded and and follow where I'm called called to be. And one of the things I do, I really am enjoying is you know, I'm getting to learn the greenhouse side of things and uh, you know, semi-indoor, but I still love being in an outdoor field. And there's nothing better than plants that have been grown in soil oh, with yeah. the sun on them. It's, that's, yeah, the, the, that's my happy place. Yeah. So look forward to more of that uh, this Next season coming up, we're we doing a small small trial in in Lesotho, so we are about to to harvest. Um, but next year we've got some big plans. That's great. Everything you do yeah. is big, and uh, <laughs> you know people uh, people love knowing about it, just because it's possible, and you know. This plan has been around for so long. It's great that it can go from, you know, thousands of years ago to a time where in America it's been illegal, though still being used on Navy ships as rope, you know, and still, uh, of course, being used around the world in different ways. And and uh, it just affects so many lives. And, you know, it's an honor to be of service to this plant. And... Uh, I think that, you know, I, I, I thank God that it exists, you know, and that we uh, we get to commune with it in this way. Obviously, we've all known it to be illegal at one point, and uh, perhaps soon there will be people that won't ever have known it to be illegal, and maybe we'll have it as a part of their diet and can grow up healthy and happy and uh, I look forward to that being in balance as well. You absolutely, know. absolutely. There's there are some really great companies. You know, I love what the guys at Evo Hemp are doing that side. I love what you're doing. You know, it's um, you know, inspiring for me as well to see uh, you, you holding your space and presenting your beautiful healing in, in such a, a gentle and... Um, you know, space of conviction and and caring you know like that that message comes across loud and clear that you care deeply for the people you work with you care, care deeply for your products and you know, I, I really really respect the way that you work and the way that you you share so keep it up man it's uh it's it's we i wish we had more like you and i know they're out there we just gotta enable them to to step out and step up showing the way well thank you for all those kind reflections really and um, I feel like we inspire through action and and, uh, you know we're humans we we mimic and we see people who we can look up to or just love what they're doing or just want to you know maybe do something good like that for ourselves or good things that we can think Maybe on our own lane and whatever it is, it just you know when you want to get better at basketball, you got to play with people that are better with you. You got to want to get better at this thing called life. You got to see people that are doing things, and if you want to do what you love, well, then you got to see people doing things they love to know that man. Look at that, how worth yeah. it it is, and you know. So yeah, it's all possible, and so 
thank you for, again, being a great role model and uh, being a great uh, servant of this plant in a responsible manner when you're working with governments and you're working with uh, people of all you know walks of life all around the world and bringing this th- this message in a, in a way where you're communicating uh, to different palettes, to different languages, to different um, cultures. And uh, obviously, you know, we have to be responsible if we're going to be respected. And for this for this plant to be able to continue to do its justice, then we have to honor it and honor ourselves and our communion with it. And, you know, that looks like a little bit of a different thing for everybody since everybody's different. Though as we learn to use the plant in different ways, especially the oils and eating it in different manners, then we can realize that we don't have to smoke it as much and then perhaps we can have a little bit more of a functional uh, you know, time, at least during the days, uh, and, and just feel a little more complete rather than constantly trying to supplement our endocannabinoid system in a way that's inadequate ultimately. And, and I'm saying that loud and clear on the radio that smoking does stimulate our endocannabinoid system, though when, when I ingest the oils, and I've been smoking for a long time, I just feel a lot more complete and balanced than when I smoke. And that doesn't mean all the time. It just means on a general basis uh, when I remember to eat enough oil in in both THC and CBD, you know, it's a, it's a world of difference. And not everybody yeah. is yet to experience the ability to utilize different strains throughout the day in order to feel different things throughout the day because you want to feel differently in the morning than you want to feel at, you know, lunchtime than you want to feel uh, in the afternoon than you want to feel in the evening and you want to feel at night and so on and so forth and in between. So when we have the ability to modulate in that way, then, yeah, we can commune with this plant in so many different ways to where we can accelerate different points in our day for different reasons. And uh, I think there's responsible use in all sorts of of uh, considerations and definitely staying hydrated is key and growing up I didn't even realize that how much I used cannabis and was drinking so many different kinds of iced teas and sodas and stuff like that not water and where now when I commune with cannabis and I drink enough water I don't get lethargic I don't crash I don't have those kinds of feelings that I used to even the munchies is a different thing if I'm hydrated or I'm hydrating and uh, just want to put that out there so um, yeah. also b- blood sugar, you know, can drop. And so sometimes we feel it the need to eat with that as well. And so maintaining that, uh, how, how we're eating healthy is, is also important. And, uh, yeah. So Tony, you know, thanks again for coming on the show. And if there's anything else that you feel, you know, is there anything else that you want to say just, uh, before we sign off? Um, I just... I would just say that uh, from where we are now, you know, just looking at what's happening in the industry, you know, like uh, I see quite a lot of judgment still within the industry of the way others are doing it um, and a lot of self-righteousness. And I think we have to remain humble, all of us, to know that no one really knows you know, the ultimate way. You know, no one... No one has has done this before, so just treat each other with kindness and understanding. And um, you know, there can be discernment. You can decide that someone's moving on a different path to you, and they're not quite in alignment with your your values. But you know, without judging them, without you know, that was one thing you know that really struck me when I visited uh, the states. Is you know, due to the kind of um, political system you know being so separate you know us versus them democrats republicans everything's being us you know like the competitiveness of america is 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 so much in the forefront you know like it's you either with me or you're against me and we have to accept that we all you know trying our best and trying to move in a in a sustainable direction most of us there are some who, who might not but uh, like just treat each other with kindness and, and an understanding and realize that yes we we can look at yeah 
obviously I'm, I'm doing some work with with Canada at the moment, and I get a lot of people say, "Oh, but Canada's Canada's system, yeah, it's all just big business, and it's all." Yeah, you know, like uh, you know, that's not the right way. And I'm going, well, yeah, it's not the right way. But five, ten years ago, people were still being thrown in a cage. Now people can go online, and if they need medicine, they can go and they can order it, and it will be at their house probably the next day. And they've got all this choice, and they can do that legally. That is a huge improvement. It's maybe not the ultimate model, but we kind of expect everyone to get it right first time. And this is an evolution of an industry. So every time. You know, hopefully countries will learn and systems will learn and courts will learn and judges will learn and we will learn and we'll move towards the ultimate system, but we're not there yet. So less judgment, more encouragement, more positivity, more learning, more humility. Um, I think that's how we'll get get to you know, there we'll get there and none of us really know where there is yet because we all have a slightly different viewpoint on 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 where there is and where we want to get to but yeah we're not going to get there through fear and negativity and and judgment we're going to get there through love and encouragement and positivity and and constant learning there's a japanese philosophy that i try to follow called kaizen kaizen means constant improvement you know, just little bit by little bit. You know, no, not leaps and bounds, just daily. Try and do it a little bit better than you did it the day before. Um, not always easy to hold that. Yeah, you because know, sometimes you go, oh man, I've learned so much. I just want to, yeah, you know, yeah, I'm 45 now. I'm like, ah, is this a downhill? Can I just coast from here on? You know, put my, put my vehicle in neutral and just cruise. But no, there's still lots of work to be done. There's still lots of people to activate and you know my ideal dream I think one day starting to formulate that I can hold a, a, a an educational space here in Africa where we can invite people to come and have a, a kind of African bush experience but at the same time run courses on whether it's hemp building one week and you know grow techniques the next week and extraction techniques so next week and you can come and spend uh, you know, a week at a facility and really immerse yourself in some some training and some some understanding because um, I love to to educate I love to to see people get switched on and that that's what actually drives me so yeah that's my dream and I hope to be able to welcome you there to come run a course one day uh, wow. And to put put your your feet and hands into African earth, you know, just <laughs> the cradle of us all. Amazing. This is uh, the the cradle of humankind is here. So everyone who comes here does feel a sense of homecoming, mm. and uh, to be able to share that with you one day. Wow, bro, that's exhilarating just to think about, and uh, yeah, super humbled. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, may your dreams come true. <laughs> and uh, yeah, man, you keep you keep working the way you do, and I think that you are continuing to earn each level up. And you know, it's so beautiful to hear you talk about activating people, and you know, just you know, your heart's in the right place, your your head's in the right direction, and uh, and I support you. You know, and uh, yeah, man, definitely. Uh, thank you. Definitely love you, Tony Button, and thank you so much for coming on the show and working with me with the timing. I know, you know, it's obviously super early in the day there over in Cape Town, South Africa, and uh, super grateful well, for you. Thank you for for staying up, and I wish you sweet dreams. And yeah. That's now I can head into my day knowing I've already done some good work. <laughs> um, it's a beautiful day here. It really is. It's it's autumn here, but the crisp air and it's just uh, yeah, lots to be grateful for and lots of work to be done this weekend. We've got our first cannabis convention here, uh, or cannabis expo here in Cape Town. We, the first one was held up in uh, Pretoria, uh, which is next to Johannesburg City up there, and had 
thousand people through the doors on the first day. So there's obviously a lot of people hungry for the information here. Um, you know, the, the industry is just opening up, so it's it's going to be big. Got a couple of talks coming up. The Hemporium will have a stand there all weekend, um, you know, showcasing you know the, all the the hemp products, and yeah, there'll be uh, lots lots of newbies, and obviously, you know, all the, the activists who now are moving into a a, a more uh, a, a doing space, not just a talking space, which is exciting. Indeed. Yeah. Love you too, bro. And you know, keep doing what you're doing. It's uh, it's great to be part of this family. <laughs> yeah, man. And uh, I agree. Thank you. Love you. And have a great time at the expo. That sounds like a whole lot of people. And, uh, yeah, obviously people are interested in cannabis all over the world. It's great to know that it's alive and well and thriving and and slowly but surely people are beginning to understand that we all have an endocannabinoid system and we're not uh, supposed to alienate each other from <laughs> from what we need yeah. so yeah alright well and, and, and with that we must never forget that we are nature mm. and nature is us and we are of this earth we are not above this earth mm. Yeah, and that's uh, one of the most important lessons because if we forget that, we're dead. Dun dun dun. <laughs> dun dun dun. <laughs> <laughs> more life, more nature, more <laughs> cannabis. Yeah, like, let's grow. Oh, and this has been Farms Not Farms, episode 10, with Tony Budden of Hemporium, South Africa. And, uh, I am the microphone doctor. Love you. Deep breath. And we're out.